0: Hill. If Crudden Bay is to be taken figuratively as a mouth, with the sandhills for soft palate and the green hawk claw as the tongue, the rocks which mark the extremities are its teeth. To the north, the rocks of red granite rise jagged and broken. To the south, a mile and a half away as the crow flies, nature seems to have manifested its wildest forces. It is here, where the little promontory called Huynifold juts out, that the two great geological features of the Aberdeen coast meet. The red cyanite of the north joins the black gneiss of the south. That union must have been originally a wild one. There are evidences of an upheaval which must have shaken the earth to its centre. Here and there are great masses of either species of rock hurled upwards in every conceivable variety of form— sometimes fused or pressed together, so that it is impossible to say exactly where Gneiss ends or Sionite begins. But broadly speaking, here is an irregular line of separation. This line runs seawards to the east, and its strength is shown in its outcrop. For half a mile or more, the rocks rise through the sea singly or in broken masses, ending in a dangerous cluster known as the Scares, and which has had for centuries its full ton of wreck and disaster. Did the sea hold its dead where they fell? Its floor around the scares would be whitened with their bones, and new islands could build themselves with the piling wreckage. At times one may see here the ocean in her fiercest mood, for it is when the tempest drives from the southeast that the sea is fretted amongst the rugged rocks and sends its spume landwards. The rocks that at calmer times rise dark from the briny deep are lost to sight for moments in the grand onrush of the waves. The seagulls which usually whiten them now flutter around screaming, and the sound of their shrieks comes in on the gale, almost in a continuous note, for the single cries are merged in the multitudinous roar of sea and air. The village— Squatted beside the embouchure of the water of Crutton at the northern side of the bay, is simple enough. A few rows of fishermen's cottages, two or three great red tiled drying sheds, nestled in the sand heap behind the fishers' houses. For the rest of the place, as it was when first I saw it, a little lockout beside a tall flagstaff on the northern cliff, a few scattered farms over the inland prospect, one little hotel down on the western bank of the water of Cruton with a fringe of willows protecting its sunk garden, which was always full of fruits and flowers. From the most southern part of the beach of Crudden Bay to whinnyfold Village, the distance is but a few hundred yards, first a steep pull up the face of the rock, and then an even way beside part of which runs a tiny stream. To the left of this path, going towards Winnifold, the ground rises in a bold slope and then falls again all round, forming a sort of wide miniature hill of some eighteen or twenty acres. Of this, the southern side is sheer, the black rock dipping into the waters of the little bay of Whinnyfold, in the centre of which is a picturesque island of rock shelving steeply from the water on the northern side, as is the tendency of all the gneiss and granite in this part, but to east and north there are irregular bays or openings, so that the furthest points of the promontory stretch out like fingers. At the tips of these are reefs of sunken rock falling down to deep water, and whose existence can only be suspected in bad weather when the rush of the current beneath sends up swirling eddies or curling masses of foam. These little bays are mostly curved and are green where falling earth or drifting sand have hidden the outmost side of the rocks, and given a foothold to the sea grass and clover. Here have been at some time or other great caves, now either fallen in, or silted up with sand, or obliterated with the earth brought down in the rush of surface water in times of long rain. In one of these bays, broad haven, facing right out to the scares, stands an isolated pillar of rock, called locally the Poor Mon, through whose base time and weather have worn a hole through which one may walk dry-shod. Through the masses of rocks that run down to the sea from the sides and shores of all these bays are here and there natural channels with straight edges, as though cut on purpose for the taking in of the cobbles— belonging to the fisherfolk of whinnyfold When first I saw the place, I fell in love with it. Had it been possible, I should have spent my...